Hello, welcome to Helen Talks Who. I'm Helen and today I'm going to be talking about the end of the world. So we've got Rose's first journey in the TARDIS and how she copes with that. Um, so let's dive right into it with my first memories of watching this episode. And I do actually have a story for this one. Um, because for some reason, unbeknownst to me, um, my one of my best friends at the time actually called me halfway through this episode um, on the landline um, back in 2005. Um, and I remember, um, being on the phone and, like, trying to be, like, very polite and, 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 you know, cause, you know, she was my best mate. I liked talking to her, but also I really wanted to still be watching Doctor Who. Um, I, I mean, in my memory, it, we were on the phone for quite a while, um, but judging by the part of the episode that was, like, slightly unfamiliar to me um once I actually bought the dvds and actually started watching it um it was just the uh steward desk so it was like a two minute call um but yeah that's um that's how I know that even from the second episode like I was really enjoying Doctor Who and really into it of course I mean that amplified by the fact that we couldn't you know pause tv or catch up on iPlayer in those days either but uh, but still, um, yeah. So that's my first memory of this uh, of this story. So nothing about the plot. Just uh, I know I was very much uh, enjoying it, um, because I was uh, very irritated that um that my friend uh, disturbed me by ringing us up. Um, so let's talk about the episode as a whole. Um, now I've written in my notes. Um, and I'm gonna state it here. We're just going to take it as read that I enjoyed an episode rewatch, unless I state otherwise. Um, because otherwise, each of my kind of overall comments of the episode is going to be, oh, this is such a good episode, um, and that will get repetitive. So, yeah, from now on, unless I state otherwise, just assume that I really enjoyed the episode. Um... Because, yeah, when I'm, when I'm doing this, I'm, uh, I've got sort of um, kind of ideas of the sort of things I might talk about. But um, really, I'm just watching it and seeing what jumps out to me and what, um, what I end up having to say about it. Um, I thought in this episode, um, the kind of, there were a few sort of interesting overall themes, I think the sort of main kind of through line of like this sort of future of humanity and this idea of what it means to be like a human what it means to be a person um was just really deftly done um because you have this idea of okay this is this is where humanity is at uh, five billion years in the future and then you also have the idea of like this is the first time that Rose and us as the audience are meeting actual aliens in because uh, the autons are more sort of in the monster category of aliens you know they're not there's not much communication going on with with them I mean even with the nesting consciousness in the last episode like we didn't actually hear what the nesting consciousness had to say but here we've actually got like aliens that are um I was gonna say sentient but that's not right because like 
certainly the Nestian consciousness is obviously sentient and the Autons probably have some form of sentience. That one's probably questionable. Um, but certainly these aliens, they're more person-like, um, which, which obviously the Doctor, um, you know, highlights um by saying you know what 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 do you mean by people i mean aliens what what do you mean by people um and yeah that idea of what it means to be a person is obviously like key to you know having cassandra as the as the villain um right down to at the at, at the end when the doctor's trying to make her feel guilty for you know killing people and she's like oh well defend depends on your definition of people it sort of comes full circle so it's really neatly done um and and you even have like the contrast of you know the the guests and the the great and the good or the rich um versus you know rose um chatting to the plumber raffalo um which yeah get nicely uh nicely tied together the only other overall um note that i wanted to say um so yeah this is rose's first introduction to like actual aliens but she's not introduced to an alien planet yet um and i was thinking about it because i was like oh well yeah surely that's the next space one but no it's not because the next space one is again a space station orbiting earth um rose doesn't actually get an alien planet until the next series we don't we don't go to any alien planets with 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 the ninth doctor we just have uh aliens on earth or on space stations around earth which um yeah i hadn't noticed before um it works though um and i mean the space stations are sort of there's probably something there about to what extent is a space station, you know, equivalent to an alien planet, to, to what extent are they different. But um, uh, it's really interesting. It makes this series really um, Earth-focused. That leads me on nicely to what I want to focus on with this episode. Um, because this series is so Earth-focused, but really it's, it's rose focused um and that really stands out to me in these uh in these first few episodes um which is why i talked about it so much last week and i'm going to continue to talk about it in this episode um so yeah rose is the kind of emotional journey in this episode um one thing that i think is important to note is that she goes straight into this adventure from the last episode um, and then this episode is pretty much in real time, which we can tell because they keep announcing, uh, how how long until 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 the Earth is gonna, um, o- explode, um. So by the end of this episode, like she was under attack by Autons like less than two three hours ago, um, she's yeah not taken any time to process that she's probably not even had a nap had anything to eat um and yeah i think that is important context um so she starts at this episode she's you know excited she's really curious um probably still running on adrenaline from uh from from the whole auton thing 
Um, but then she's quickly overwhelmed by the event, um, which is, again, something that's, like, just really well done in the episode of you can see her getting overwhelmed you can kind of almost feel it yourself because you're getting all the introduction to all these different aliens and you don't know you know what's important to the episode and what's what's just uh, set dressing and you're getting all this new information um and then uh, and then of course there's the constant earth death in 10 minutes earth death in 20 minutes announcements which which can't help either um and then she goes to get like a quiet you know bit of quiet time and talk to Raffalo and uh, through that conversation start to realize her sort of recklessness for going with the doctor you can almost see the penny drop in 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 uh in that conversation it um yeah so well done um Though I wonder if that's why she's so insistent on, like, trying to get the Doctor to tell her who he is, to sort of give her, you know, any sort of information so that she can kind of trust him and and trust that, you know, she's going to be okay. Um, And the Doctor, of course, he's used to travelling, he's used to seeing new things, he he knows how this all works, It's, it's in his comfort zone. So he obviously assumes that her reaction will just be that pure excitement and curiosity that we saw at the start. So he he doesn't exactly offer that comfort. Um, And then the next bit is interesting because, like, she decides to just go with it. And this is before the doctor fiddles with her phone. And so it's not that she you know, connects with her mum back home and connects with back home and, and, and that sort of helps um kind of calm her she sort of makes the decision to kind of go with it before that um and I was sort of wondering why um I don't know if it's that her moment of feeling overwhelmed has uh has has passed if she's you know had that moment of going oh shit what am I doing and kind of mentally work through it or, or or move past it I doubt that's the case I don't think you move past that sort of uh overwhelmed feeling um in this context that quickly um so what I wondered was whether she kind of realized that it's all a bit out of her control like that whole thing about don't argue with the designated driver like she realizes that the doctor knows what he's doing and she can't there's no point her worrying about it It, it's not within her sphere of control uh that that's my personal theory as to why she sort of decided to go with it um particularly you know after she had that phone call with her mum she has a little bit of an existential crisis of that phone call was five billion years ago um so yeah i i think she sort of realizes that it's not actually within her control um like i'm not even sure at that point if she could have talked the doctor into going back to the TARDIS she might have been able to at that point because that's before they knew there was anything wrong um because certainly like after everything goes wrong like the doctor's not going to just run away and leave them because Rose is feeling overwhelmed but um she might have been able to talk him talk him out of uh talk him into you know going back home uh, uh before that point um 
And then in terms of how she moves past that, like, later in the story, um, I think one of the things that probably helps is when she's talking to Cassandra, she gets confirmation that humans survived, that, you know, the Earth is dying, but but humans survived. And um, I think the Doctor had mentioned that the Earth was empty, but he hadn't really mentioned sort of how... Like, uh, the fact that the humans humans had spread through the galaxy. Because, I mean, to the Doctor, he probably assumed it's common knowledge, you know, yeah. Humans are on every other planet, in every other um, solar system. Uh, But, obviously, Rose, I don't don't think there's any way for her to have known that until she was talking to Cassandra. Um, And I think that probably helps with the well certainly with the existential crisis um but uh yeah another interesting thing with um rose's journey through this story is um she's a pure observer she doesn't do anything to influence the actual like plot of the of and the danger she doesn't do anything to influence that um she talked to people and she learned about them and then later in the episode she has her sort of damsel in distress moment but she's not doing any actual like investigating um she's not finding out anything that's related to the plot of the story um which is fitting i think um, I mean, it's partly fitting because this journey, this episode for Rose is more about her emotional journey. It's not, um, it's not about her proving her worth. She did that, you know, two hours ago with the Autons. Um, and it's also fitting because it's something that runs through the episode, this idea of, like, um remembering what has happened and the idea that like no one actually ends up watching when the earth dies so it's fitting that we have rose here as an observer to to the main story um this there's also there's definitely something here that i haven't quite uh managed to put together with um about the importance of of history and looking back um, versus, like, focusing on the present moment in order to survive and and get through and and keep going. Um, Because you also have stuff with Cassandra, like how um, the brilliant... The the jokes of, like, the ostrich uh, description and the iPod and the um, let's have a traditional ballad and then it plays... Britney Spears like those are classic jokes but they also they definitely speak to this idea of history and how how things get remembered um but yeah I haven't entirely um put that aspect together with the whole um history versus being in the present and, and, and surviving in the present, which is what they end up doing and, and why no one actually watches the earth die. Um, the, this then 
kind of keeps going because it links to the very last scene. Um, I mean, we have the lovely bit of the Doctor sort of explaining, like, some of his backstory. Um, but the, the, the last scene is, is Rose deciding yet again to travel with the Doctor. Because she, ha- she had an out there. She had an out there to go, actually, no, this is too dangerous. Um, and it... The first thing that helps is obviously the Doctor opening up to her. Um, I think if he'd done that, obviously, she probably wouldn't have stayed or wouldn't have felt safe. Um, But the thing that really jumped out to me is Rose in that scene, she's wrestling with this big, like, should I stay with the Doctor question? And this, you know, is it too dangerous question? And she gets distracted by chips. And I love that um because it's that it's that little thing it's that being in the moment um thing um and and it's even uh better because chips it's kind of like it's like the kind of everyday thing that she was so bored of in in the first episode in rose but she's kind of got the bigger picture now she she's got this that sense of something more meaningful so she can enjoy those little things um i hope any of that made some sort of sense i hope i I hope you can kind of follow my kind of through line there it was just something that i was thinking about while watching the episode of, of her emotional journey through it and um how it all sort of uh linked together so now that we've talked about um the story itself um i want to talk about a few bits for um outside the story um the first one being uh that this episode introduces um several kind of plot devices that we use to you know make Doctor Who stories work basically you've got stuff like the TARDIS translation and um the some of the sonic screwdriver functionality obviously we had some of the basic functionality for that in the last episode but now we see it doing some more kind of complex things and uh the psychic paper um and obviously the psychic paper is, is the new thing for for 2005 Doctor Who um it's the new one so i really love that there's this kind of mini fourth wall break when they introduce the psychic paper where the doctor says oh yeah it saves a lot of time because i just thought yeah it it cuts out the fact that um in most in a lot of i'm not going to say most it's probably not most but in a lot of like classic who stories you you tend to have like at least half an episode if not more where the doctor and his companions get captured by people or locked in a cell because no one you know no one knows who they are um and yeah i just like that there's that actual fourth wall break there um the other thing i really liked on this topic is um the sonic screwdriver when the doctor's using it to uh break into the maintenance place and when he's saving rose from the sun filter he doesn't feel the need to give a technical explanation i actually really like that 
I really like it just going, you know what, he's got this thing that, he, he's got this tool that allows him to interface with, with, you know, these screens and it works. And actually, we don't need to know exactly what he's doing other than interfacing with the thing and, you know, putting the sun filter back up or, or, or unlocking the door. I really like that there wasn't any technical explanation. Um, like, for me, um, with science fiction, I like um, logical consistency. Like, the world has to, you know, o- obey by... A- sorry, obey its own rules and be consistent in the rules that it obeys. But I don't feel the need to have every single bit linked back to, you know, a genuine bit of science. Um, and I think in this episode, um, when, when the doctor's uh, fixing Rose's phone so that it'll, it'll call across five billion years... Um, I th- I think that has another nod from from Russell T Davies. Um, with the jiggery pokery line, kind of nodding to the audience, saying, "Yeah, just go with it." Um, and and the emotional payoff of Rose being able to make that phone call to her mum, which, given all I've talked about, like with Rose's emo- emotional journey, like that makes that little bit of technical flim flam worthwhile um and sort of lets you just go yeah sure go with it time for the coincidence cause catalyst part of this episode so these are the three categories that i think most Doctor Who episodes fall into we've got coincidence where the monsters are there independent of the doctor uh, we've got cause where the monsters are there because of the doctor and we've got Catalyst, where the monsters uh, accelerate their plan because of the Doctor. Uh, this one's another coincidence. Uh, to be honest, it's not surprising that we have a few coincidence episodes to start off the series. You know, sometimes the uh, ones where the Doctor causes the monsters to be there, they're, they're a bit of a, a slightly, slightly heavier episode. But yeah, this is complete coincidence. Cassandra had everything already planned out. She had to change her plans a bit because the Doctor put a, put a banner in the works. Um, but the only... Uh, the only sort of real thing she changed, uh, or the only thing that maybe she hadn't planned in advance, uh, was trying to kill Rose specifically for for the last human thing. Um, I'm I'm assuming that's why Rose got isolated in in and nearly burnt was because Cassandra was irritated at at Rose and 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 jealous, but yeah, completely coincidental the doctor just happened to be there um so thank you very much for listening um i hope you enjoyed listening to my rambling thoughts about this episode um i've created an email address for this podcast if anyone has any commentary if there's anything you want to add if there's anything you agree with me about or disagree with me about please do just get in touch the email address is helentalkswho at gmail.com um thank you very much for listening and i will see you next time in cardiff in 1869 with the unquiet dead see ya